0: Mark 11. Did you find it? Mark 11, verse 22. Jesus had spoken to the fig tree and it obeyed him. It didn't happen instantaneously on the outside that you could see, but something happened underground and uh, it dried up from the roots. And they marveled when they saw how quick the fig tree dried up, and Jesus used this as an occasion, opportunity, to teach them, and of course us, about faith, and this is how he started out, verse 22, what did he say? Have faith in God, say it out loud, have faith in God, again, have faith in in God. Now, I know that's a, a simple sounding phrase, and we've heard that kind of thing a, a lot before, but don't let it pass by you. People have gotten distracted many ways in this, and you'll hear good people talking about, well, I, uh, I have faith in democracy, you know, I I have faith in America, and I have faith, I believe in hard work, and I believe in treating people right. And, and I believe in this. Well, you know, those are not the same as having faith in God. Are you with me now? Having faith in God. Go to Timothy, Second Timothy, and the first chapter. Second Timothy and one. Verse twelve, he said, For the which cause I also suffer these things? Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. He didn't just say, I know what I believe. What did he say? I know, I know whom I have believed. In teaching about faith and thinking about faith, a lot of folk have focused on faith in principles, faith in three steps to this and seven steps to that, but our faith is to be in Him, in Him. So, well, I have faith in the Bible. Okay, but our faith is not just in ink and paper. Our faith is in the one who said the words. That are recorded in the book. Our faith is not just in what, our faith is in who? In Him. Somebody said out loud, I have faith faith in Him, in him. in in God. Now, this is not an intellectual thing. And this is not dotting every I and crossing every T. This has to do With confidence in the integrity of the person. Faith in the faithfulness of the person. Faith, confidence in the ability. In the grace. In the love of the one you believe in. We need to think about this. We need to make sure our focus is. Is on Him. And there's always going to be things you don't know. And I don't know. In every situation you're dealing with, you're never going to know all there is to know about it or even all you need to know. But you can have confidence in the one you trust that even though you don't know, He's going to get you through. He looks at your heart. Thank God. Because I assure you, we're getting a lot of stuff wrong. We are not dotting every I and crossing every T. But he looks at your heart. And we don't need to think legalistically and mechanically with him. It's not that you say it exactly the right way. It's not about formulas. We talked about this, you know, those seven sons of Siva went and going to cast the devil out of that man. And they said, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Well, you can tell they're careful to word this right, aren't they? They think it's a formula. They think it's a power phrase. And the spirit in the man spoke up and said, I know Jesus. Jesus. Now I know Paul. Who are you? Jumped on them, beat up all seven of them. Bible said they ran out of the house, wounded and naked, tore their clothes off, and beat them up. How many know it ain't just about getting the phrase right? Now let me expand this. It's not just about knowing the correct Hebrew pronunciation. Or correct Greek definition. You see people that have gotten so technical. And it's wrong. It's misdirection and it's misplaced faith. I don't know how much you've studied, but, you know, I've had people, you know, correct me about pronouncing certain words. And I am no Hebrew scholar, I'm no Greek scholar. Some folks don't think I can speak English very good. (laughs) But if you've studied very much, you know that, for instance, with the Hebrew, they've had to add all kind of letters just to make it pronounceable for us in the uh, English. So who, I mean, scholars themselves that have devoted their whole lives to these things disagree. Disagree. About how it should be pronounced or how, what part of the word should be emphasized. And so, it's really showing ignorance. When you get so adamant about, you know, this or that. Someone says, well, you know, uh, Jehovah, uh, Jireh, that's pronounced with a Y. So it's Yehovah Yireh. Great. But boy, it sure messes the song up, don't it? I mean, you know. <laughs> Jehovah-Jireh, my provider. Listen. (laughs) God knows your heart. Come on, are you listening to me? And that's what he's looking at. And that's what he's listening for. Not to see if your pitch is perfect or your pronunciation is right do the best you can i'm not knocking that but don't depend on that to get anything done are you listening to me what you better depend on is do the best you know how and know it's coming up way short But count on the one you trust. Come on. Count on the one you believe in to look at your heart and know that you don't know a lot of stuff and you're coming up short with a lot of stuff. But he knows you trust him. You have faith in his person. You have faith in his integrity. And in his faithfulness. And in his power. There's a lot of stuff you don't know, but you have become fully persuaded. And completely convinced that God is real, that He's good, that He loves you, that He'll never lie to you, that He'll never fail you, that He's faithful, that you have faith in God. Somebody say it again. I I have faith faith in in God, in Him. Now go with me to Hebrews the 11th chapter, that great faith chapter, would you like to look at some more of that? Yes. Tonight, man, We the Lord's helped us already. We've shouted about several of these individuals. And I want us to look at something else. Hebrews 11, verse 1, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Young's literal translation says, Faith is of things hoped for a confidence of matters not seen a conviction. And uh, if you look it up, I think you'll agree, these are two of the big words in defining and understanding. Confidence and conviction. Confidence of what you're expecting. Conviction of the reality of what you don't see or feel yet. But he didn't just stop there and say, Okay, I told you what faith is, now you know. No. The rest of the whole chapter is example after example after example of real people with living faith, having faith in God in real life situations. And... We're never going to know all the variances of faith, but we can get the spirit of it. And if you immerse yourself in this chapter, before you get out, you ought to recognize faith. You won't claim to know all there is to know about it, but you get a feel and a sense of what faith sounds like. And how faith comes across. And how faith responds. How faith talks. How faith acts. The spirit of faith. Is the spirit of victory. How many of those 2 Corinthians 4 talks about this? We having the same spirit of faith. As them. Everybody say spirit of faith. faith. That's the language of the scripture. Spirit of faith. People have focused sometimes on the. Study of faith. The mentality of faith. The definitions of faith. But we should be focusing on the spirit of faith. Second Corinthians. The 4th chapter. And verse 13. Says we. Having the same. What? Spirit. spirit of faith. According as it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe. And therefore speak. These are the two Uh, big parts of faith is that you believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth now there are other actions in addition to the saying part but the saying is the big one and the foundation and the constant through everything you believe it and you say it and he's saying we have the same spirit of faith as who he's talking about the patriarchs he's talking about people that have gone before us it applies to the Hebrews chapter 11 We got the same spirit of faith Abraham had and has. He's very much alive tonight. And we got the same spirit of faith he does. We got the same spirit of faith that David faced Goliath with. We've got that available to us and in us if we'll yield to it and live that way. Do you believe it? We got the same spirit of faith. Gideon and his 300 faced those enemy hordes with. Yeah. Same spirit of faith that the prophet Elijah had to show down with the prophets of Baal yeah. on the mountain. we got that same spirit of faith. Are you believing this or not? Yeah. We've got the same spirit of faith in us and on us. Just like they believed and were bold and said it and did it, we also believe And are bold and say it. And do it. And the same God that did amazing things in their life. Does amazing things in our life. Because he never changes. Somebody say I got the same spirit. Same Same spirit spirit of faith. They had. Now go back to Hebrews 11. Let's look at the spirit of faith. They had. And have. Verse 2. By it by faith. The elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. How can you give a good offering? Takes faith. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony. That he pleased God. How did he please God? With his faith. But without faith. It is impossible. To please him. For he that comes to God. Must believe. That he is. And. That he is a rewarder. Of them. That diligently seek him. Faith is not optional. He didn't say. You ought to. You should. What did he say? You must. And he mentioned two things. And most of the church world is missing one of these. You must believe what? What does it say? That he is. is. What does that mean? Well, that he's real. That he exists. That he's real. And that he's God. You must believe that. You can't be on the fence you can't be debating it. You can't be wrestling with it in your mind. Maybe there's a God. Maybe there's not. We don't know. Who knows? Then you can't come to him. Did you hear me? He's not going to be real to you throughout your life. And it's not going to be his fault. You can say, well, if he's real, why don't he reveal himself to me? Well, you're not the creator. You don't get to tell him how to do it. He told you that if you'd believe, he'd reveal himself. Amen. Well, if he'd show me, I'd believe. Well, if you'd believe, he'd show you. Amen. Now, are you going to be rebellious and try to get God to submit to your intellect? Or are you going to submit to him and believe before you see or feel and let him reveal himself to you the way he said he would? That's the whole world. Is in this situation. Some believe and some don't. Must believe that he is. And what else must you believe? You must believe that he is a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. This is where much of the church world is falling short. They don't believe he's a rewarder. You know what they believe? You just never know. Well, what if I really pray and I seek God and I try to find His will? Well, the Lord's ways are mysterious. You just never know exactly what. Well, if I really believe Him and I seek Him, will He show me what to do and will He heal me and bring me out? Well, well now. You just never know what God's going to do. If I really seek Him and I believe Him and I do what He tells me to do, would He help me pay my bills and and meet my needs? Well, we hope so, but you know, a lot of things happen. We don't know why, and you just never know. What if you said that about me? Or I said, that about you. Well, if they said, who's speaking tonight? Well, Brother Keith is on the schedule. <laughs> but you just never know what, what he's going to do. <laughs> well, who's paying for this or that? Well, Brother Keith said he would. But you just never know about him. His ways are
1: mysterious.
0: (laughs) Now come on, what would you be saying? You'd be saying, you can't count on him. And even if he said he would do it, he may not do it. See, people are saying that about God right and left and think it's okay. And they get upset when we get bold and say God will do what he said he would do. But who's showing him more respect? Somebody that says, hey, I say God's word is true. If he said he would do it, you can count on him. That's what he'll do. Yeah. Or somebody says, well, you just never know. Who's showing him more respect? Who's showing him more honor? Well, I know with me personally, if somebody says, well, i tell you what, if Brother Keith said he'd be there, he'll be there. If there's any way he can be, he'll be there. Well, that honors me. Doesn't it? And Brother Keith said he'd pay for it. I tell you, if there's any way he can, he will. That honors me. That, that means you believe in me. A man can fail. God never has. Hmm. Somebody say glory to God. Do you believe he is a rewarder that when somebody seriously reaches up to him and reaches out to him and draws near to him, He will respond. You draw near to Him. He'll draw near to you. You ask. You'll receive. You knock. It'll be open to you. You seek. Come on. Are y'all with me or not? How many believe? How many believe that God is a good God? Now what's a reward? If I said, hey, somebody does this and that, I'm going to give them a reward. And so... You do it, and you go, hey, great, I did it. Did I get my reward? Yeah, here's some garbage. Here's a rotten egg. <laughs> here's a tip. Don't be duped next time. <laughs> what's, what's a reward? A reward is something good. Are y'all with me now? God is a good God. you got to believe not only that he's real, that he exists, but you got to believe he's a good God. That if you really seek him, you really try to believe him, you really try to live for him, you really try to follow him, it is going to pay off big time in this life and in the next. None of this you just never know you got to be bold and say, no, no, I tell you what, you give your life to the Lord, you believe Him with all your heart, you follow Him and honor Him, respect Him, do what He tells you to do, obey Him, it will go well for you. Good things are going to happen for you. God's going to protect you. He's going to take care of you. He'll heal you and your babies. He'll pay your bills. Come on, do you believe this or not? He's a rewarder. He's a good God. This word reward keeps coming up in the 10th chapter, and it comes up again in this chapter later, the 11th chapter. And we're going to keep talking about it. And faith... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Go back to the 10th chapter. Back up to the 10th chapter and see what we're talking about here. Verse 32. He said, Call to remembrance the former days. In which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. He's touching on reward. And he's going to say more about it in just a minute. It was costing these Hebrew Christians to identify with Christ and to identify with Paul. It was costing them. They were reproached. They were ill-treated. They were taken advantage of. Their stuff was confiscated. Do you see that? Spoiling of their goods. It was costing them. Now historians and commentators touch on this and talk about how that a number, and you can see from the writing, it must have been true, a number of people were falling away. And they were... Uh, ceasing to identify with the Lord. You can see through, if you read the whole book of Hebrews, you can see that must have been the case. It begins to ring more with more understanding to us. Keep reading. When he tells them, right after that, verse uh, 35, what did he say? Cast not away, therefore, your what? Confidence. Which has great, What? great recompense of reward is he saying it's going to pay off it's going to pay off in a big way for you have need of patience he said you need some what Faith. you need what Faith. he said don't throw away your confidence and he said you need patience this word patience you could also use the word persistence persistence You can say it like this. Be confident and keep on being confident. And tomorrow be confident and the next day keep on being confident. In the Lord. Confident. Don't quit. Don't give up. Now the Lord doesn't tell you you need patience if it's going to happen in two hours. Does he? Why does he tell you you need patience? Because it may take longer to see this thing come to fruition. Than what your flesh wants it to be. Because your flesh and mine too always wants it when? Now. now. See, you knew the word right off. You, you didn't even have to think about it. You knew. When does your flesh want it? Now. 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 But what did the Lord say? You need patience. Look at your neighbor, help him out, and say, You need patience. You need patience. Why? Why do you need patience? So that after you've done the will of God, you might what? You might receive the promise. Is that part of the great recompense of reward? You're going to receive? He said, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. How many know he's not going to be late? Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, My soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The Bible said, them that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I don't know if this has been talked about enough in so-called word and faith, charismatic circles, but I'm going to talk some about it tonight. Because it's right here in the Bible. And if we believe the Bible, we need to believe all of it, right? Yes, Go with me on down into this 11th chapter of Hebrews to the 24th verse. Hebrews 11, 24 said, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Does it make any difference what you call things, what you call yourself, what you agree with people calling you? There came a point in Moses' life, now is this the great faith chapter, are we learning things about faith? We already saw, we got the same spirit of faith, just like they had, and it consisted of believing and saying. Does this have to do with what you say right here? Moses got to the point where he would not even let people call him that. Are you listening now? Tell me what faith does. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. And something happened in Moses. He got a revelation about who his people was and who his God was and who he was and what he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to do. And there came a point in his life where he said, nah, nope, that's not me. I know that's been my whole life. I know everybody thinks that would be the greatest thing if they could be called that. But that is not me. I am not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm not Pharaoh's uh, grandson. Now in Egypt, that was big stuff. Are you listening? They were considered, the whole family was considered living gods. And they were weighted on hand and foot. And they had everything that you could imagine or think or want. And from so many ways, talking about naturally, Moses was set for life. Oh man, he's never going to have to work a day in his life. It'd be like today living the life of a multi-multi-billionaire. Do anything he wanted to do. But he said, no, that's not me. Don't call me that. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Everybody else saw him that way, but he decided, no, don't call me that. And you need to make up your mind, don't call me poor. Don't call me poor. Don't call me dumb. Don't call me uneducated and unable. Don't call me sick. Don't call me dying. Call me healed. Call me blessed. Yes. Don't call me a druggie. Don't call me fatso. No. <laughs> call me delivered. Yes. Call me free. That's right. And the most important thing is what you call you. Right. Refuse to be called. Defeated things, bound things. Do like Him. Now we're reading in the chapter here. Refuse to be called worldly, ungodly, defeated things. Friend, this would change your life if you just act on this one thing. Just go around all the time calling it, no matter what it is or what it feels like or how long it's been that way or how many experts say it's that way, you call it what it should be. You rename it. That's a, man, he's got a cancer ridden liver. He's got a destroyed liver. Uh uh. I just renamed my liver. (laughs) Say, Liver, I'm talking to you. You got a new name. Your name is Mr. Healthy. That's it. Mr. Healthy Liver. Not bad eye. Not bum knee. Not bad hip. I call my hip healed. I call my eye strong. Come on, are y'all listening or not? I call myself free. Call myself blessed. Call myself rich. He refused to be called. The worldly designation in term. Now here's the thing I wanted to get to. Verse 25 What's that next word? Choosing. choosing. Everybody say choosing. choosing. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hmm. Keep reading. Esteeming. Everybody say choosing. Then say this, esteeming. Esteeming Esteeming the reproach of Christ. How many understand reproach and affliction? These don't sound like fun stuff, right? I mean, yeah. Reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect to what? To what? What did he have a revelation of? What was big in his eyes? The reward. The reward. Somebody say the reward. Your choices and mine in life reveal our faith or the lack thereof. How many understand a lot of people? Would not have made the choice he made. This choice cost him. In the natural. He went from everybody bowing down to him. Everybody waiting on him hand and foot. He gave that up. And from being so called living gods. In the Pharaoh's family of Egypt. To being a part of a slave nation. Being a wanted criminal. A fugitive. How many know not long after he made this choice and did some things. He's on the backside of the desert where nobody knows him or cares. Right. Doing a job that the world <laughs> could care less about. Come on, can you see this? But is he miserable and unhappy? He's not. He feels like it's a greater honor to be a part of these slave people herding these sheep around. Come on, are you listening? And be identified with God. Than to be up in that big palace with money running out of your ears. And everybody waiting on your hand and foot. And do anything you want to do. But no connection with God. He made a choice. And his choice revealed his faith. People are making choices in life. Young people are making choices about which way they're going to go in their life. What they're going to do with their life. What they're going to be. Adults are making choices. Older people are making choices. And these choices we're making... Are showing our faith or our lack of faith? Moses chose the reproach. He chose the affliction. Rather than the pleasures of sin for a season. Is there any pleasure in sin? This is one area the church has misrepresented a lot of times Christians and the church try to act like oh there's you can't have any fun partying oh there's no fun in that no well why are so many people doing it <laughs> why why are there so many people getting high and sleeping around and, and getting drunk and why are so many millions doing this and think that is the thing to do There is some pleasure in it. It's temporary, though. It's very brief. And after that is death. I'm not talking about just falling dead physically. I'm talking manifestations of spiritual death. Every time you sin, God's not against sin just to be religious. The wages of sin is death. Sin kills you. Every time you sin, it kills something in your life. Amen. Or you might just fall physically. Now, there's a lot of sins that will kill you physically dead right on the spot. And a lot of things, they might not kill you today, but you keep doing it. You'll be dead for long. Way before your time. And in the wrong way. But just because you didn't die physically didn't mean you didn't die. How many know when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit? He said, in the day you eat, you'll die. Did they die? Yeah, something happened to them. You see them running and hiding and scared. They died on the inside. There's death in the mind. There's death in the soul. There's death in your emotions. There's death in your relationships. Sin does this to you. Oh, there's some fun in it. There's some pleasure in it. And if you don't have faith, which much of the world has no faith in God, you're gonna choose that. You're gonna choose the immediate gratification. What was that old beer commercial? You only go through life one time, or? You, you gotta grab all, what was it, gusto? You gotta <laughs> grab all that you can. Well, that is the flesh mentality. Grab all you can while you can. Because you only go through here one time. Hmm? And the flesh and unbelief mentality is this. Get it now, grab it now, anyhow. What do you mean, anyhow? Anyhow you can, and anyhow, no matter what it costs. Now, I don't want anybody raising your hands or testifying or acknowledging any that you've done this in the past. You don't have to. But there are people all over the world doing this right now. They are sacrificing their future for some fun today. Aren't they? They are, you know, they know if I do this, it could cost me everything. They know if I do this, it could cost me my job. Uh, that I've worked so hard to get and that I've built myself up in the company or in the business or the the place. It can cost me my marriage. It can cost me my family. But what does the flesh say? Grab it now. Anyhow. Don't get too serious. Now help me out. Just, you'll tell off on yourself if you get too sober, you know. Just look straight ahead and smile and go, Amen, hey, Brother Keith. Somebody needs to hear this. <laughs> what does the flesh say? Help me out. Grab it now. Grab it now. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow you can. And no matter what it costs. Because tomorrow, you know, <laughs> eat, drink, and be happy. Party on. Because tomorrow you may not be here. Hmm? You only go through life one time. Man, if somebody's showing you some attention, grab what you can while you can. If you if you can get you know if you can get a hold of that money, if you can you know lie and steal, grab it and get it, and hey, get it. I mean, you don't know if you'll ever have a chance to get it any other way. Grab it, get it. People who are so-called sex addictions, chemical addictions. Shopping addictions. What do you mean? People buy stuff. It's just crazy to buy. Why? What's the flesh saying? Help me out. Get it now. (laughs) Now somewhere, especially I'm talking about saved people, somewhere way down deep inside, their spirit's trying to get their attention. We already can't pay all the bills we got now. Hey, don't do it. Don't do it. And the flesh said, shut up. Shut up. I've been looking for that color for 20 minutes. And that's, and that's my color. And that's my size. And I'm saving 8%. I mean, I'm saving money by getting it. I'm, I'm making money by spending my money right now. I'm actually making money.
1: No, you're not.
0: No, that's not right. No, don't do it. it. Shut up. Shut up. I'm going to get it now. Anyhow. Now, you know why their spirit's voice sounds like that? Who does that sound like? Like Mr. Bill. That's who it is. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You know why their spirit sounds like that? It's so weak and undeveloped and repressed. They're not feeding it. They feed the flesh and they yield to the flesh. When you feed the flesh and you yield to the flesh, the flesh dominates. And when the flesh dominates, you will make unbelieving choices. You will sacrifice tomorrow for today. You'll say, I don't care. Who knows what'll be going on tomorrow? You only live one time. Get it now, anyhow. <laughs> That's why people commit adultery. That's why they get involved in affairs. Boy, i got too quiet on that. You feel that?
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: these thoughts and these feelings hey that's a good looking woman you're getting old man I mean you know you don't know when's the next time some good looking woman will pay attention to you like that man you better you better grab what you can while you can I mean you better you know The man's paying the woman attention at work or the woman's paying this man attention and they know in their spirit it's wrong. They know, don't do it. But uh, what does the flesh say? What does the flesh say? Yeah. Grab it now. Anyhow. Yeah, but you could get caught and yeah, but this and yeah, but that and yeah, but the other. What does the flesh say? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. It's right. Shut up. Grab it now. (laughs) Anyhow. Young people. I mean, young kids. 10-year-olds. 13-year-olds. 16-year-olds. The enemy is always trying to feed people's fears and insecurities. Because it makes them more vulnerable to temptation. And so you'll see young men and women, teenagers and kids, that let people abuse them, that let people use them, because the enemy's convinced them they're ugly, they're this, they're that, they're gangly, they're not cool, they're not pretty, they're not handsome. They're not attractive. So if somebody acts like they want you, whether they just want you physically, and that's all there, or whatever, well, you better grab what you can when you can, because nobody else may ever want to pay attention to you. You may not have an opportunity to even have any of these experiences. Grab it now. Anyhow. Yeah, but it'll... It can cost me this or I can, I can lose that and I can, well, grab it now anyhow. Let me tell you what faith says. Faith says, if you wait, it'll be great. Hmm. Say it out loud. If you, wait, if you wait, it'll be great. I'm not just making this up. What did he say? You have need of patience. What did he say? You need patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. How did Moses make such a choice? It's easy for us to sit in here tonight and it not be relevant to us. But come on, put yourself in his shoes. You have grown up in the lap of luxury. You wear 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 outfits every day of your life. Your shoes cost more than most people make in 6 months. This is where you live. You got the finest chariots, you got the finest horses. You sleep on the finest sheets. You, you eat the best food. Everywhere you go, people show you respect or fear. Everywhere you go, Doors open to you. You never even have to think about money. You do what you want. When you want. I mean half the available beautiful women in the country want to see you. And want to talk to you. Want to see if they can be your your wife. And I mean everybody wants you to come and they want to hear you and they want to see you. The Hebrews are property. You talk about a contrast. You might know what I'm talking about. The Hebrews, they own them like they do a cow or a donkey. They own them. They work making bricks. They work in the fields. How many people would choose that? Instead of the palaces of Egypt. Did he do it? He did it. Tell me why he did it. How did he do it? How did he make such a choice? Did it look like he was sacrificing so much? Was his life changing radically when he did this? Is his life going to be harder in so many ways? Yeah. He's going to be reproached. He's going to be afflicted. No more palaces. Dusty tent. Following stinky sheep. Are you listening? Subclass citizen. No rights. No honor. No respect. No abilities. Financially or materially. He chose it. Somebody say he chose it. He chose it because he considered the reproach of Christ Greater riches than everything they had in Egypt. Come on, can you see? It? it takes faith to think like that. What would the flesh say? Grab it now. Anyhow, what was he saying? If I'll wait on God, if I'll follow him. It's going to be far greater than anything Egypt could ever give me or do for me. I'm going to go his way. Can you say amen? amen? When the devil tells you, oh, you better grab this while you can. What will faith say? You need patience, the Bible said, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Go with me. Over to uh, 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and 2 Samuel, chapter 12. It was costing these guys to identify. He told them, he said, you were suffering some stuff because of, you know, your own sake. But also, he said, you were suffering some stuff because you identified with me. They they had more trouble because they identified with Paul and were partners with him. Friend, don't let some persecution and some trouble cause you to back off your witness and cause you to back off those that God's joined you to. Don't do it. It's part of your witness, and your faith. There are people that talk about folks like me. Where healing is concerned and prosperity is concerned. And some people sneak in here in the back on Fridays and don't want anybody to know that they come here. (laughs) They like to come, it encourages them and stirs them up, but they want to slip out before anybody knows that they're here. There's some preachers, if their denomination finds out that they speak with tongues, they will cut them off. Did you hear me? There's some missionaries, if their group, their denomination and their church finds out that they preach prosperity and they preach healing, they will stop their support. It's just a fact. But do you know what it's time for those individuals to do? Stand up and choose. Oh, come on. Come on. Choose. Choose the reproach. Choose the persecution instead of the money. Instead of the support. Instead of the papers. Y'all with me or not? This ain't just for preachers now. On the job, yeah. hmm? Right. In meetings, yeah. on travels, yeah. things will come up. People will start talking bad about people that you believe in and you're associated with. And it's time for you to speak up. Yeah. You just smile and go, "I'm one of them." Yeah. You what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them shouting, healing-believing, miracle-believing, prosperity-believing, tongue-talking. Yeah, that's me. I'm one of them. No, yeah. You ought to be too. You want to join us? With some people, that will cost you. They won't invite you back. They won't buy from you. They'll leave you out. We've had it real easy in this country. In this area. But friend, we need to be willing. We need to be ready. We need to be unashamed. To identify completely with Him. With the Lord. And with those He's joined us to. And if it costs us something, and in many cases, it will. It will cost you. I didn't say it might. It will cost you. But you need to make up your mind. I'm not going to be out anything, for this is all said and done. I mean, I may look like I'm losing right now, but I'm telling you, before this is said and done, the Lord's going to take care of me. I'll come out better than I ever have. I have respect to the reward. Somebody say glory to God. God. Faith chooses God's plan and God's way. And it, whatever patience it takes, it'll stand. It'll believe. Look in 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. Verse 9 Paul, by the Spirit, writing to Timothy, verse 9, he says, Do your diligence to come shortly to me, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And he's departed to Thessalonica, Crescens is gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Now, Demas must have been somebody that was helping him. Must have been somebody that felt like they had a call on their life to be involved in this. But he got to the place where he made a choice. Come on, can you see this? And he left Paul. And he left them. Why? Having loved this present world he figures this is costing him too much. We don't like to think it or admit it, but people will quit God over some of the most insignificant stuff you ever heard of. when we're at Rama, Phyllis worked in admissions, and I was one of the teachers and and somebody's leaving. Before the end of the year, graduation, they'd have to have an exit interview, one of us, and talk with us, tell us why they're leaving and what's going on, because, you know, they came there and believed God to get in there and believed God to come there, and now after a month or two months or five months, they're leaving. Why? What's going on? I mean, just five months ago, they were shouting atop at the of their lungs, God called me, God called me, I'm here, I'm getting trained for the ministry, I'm going to go out and save the world. Now they're saying, I'm not, I'm not going to finish the year. I'm going back home. Why? Here's some of the reasons. One couple was mad because they got there late every morning and didn't have a place to park and so they had to park out in the gravel. And she had nice shoes and her shoes were getting damaged by the gravel. And they were upset because they got some tickets for parking in the wrong. they didn't like that, so they come and park in the instructor's place, and then they get tickets, and they didn't like it, and they, the whole thing just bothered them, and they're just going home. What do you say to folks like that? <laughs> <laughs> Are they making a choice? Yeah. What kind of choice is this? Is this a faith choice? Yeah. No. One guy said, man, I've been eating, what are those, Raymond noodles? That you just want to add water to those little cheap, cheap. He said, I've been eating them things for six months and I'm starving to death. He said, at mama's house, she fixed me T-bone steak every Wednesday and And I get this every Tuesday. And he said, man, I'm going home. (laughs) You may think I'm exaggerating. I'm not making this up. People get offended. People get their feelings hurt. They get miffed. They get mad. They get upset. And they quit. And they bail. I want you to notice something, though. We just read here in this uh, 10th verse. Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world. He's gone. He's bar hopping and getting high and chasing women and trying to cut his gangster rap record and he's
1: <laughs>
0: You're laughing, but you know what I'm talking about. He's trying to Whatever it is that he's. He's gone. Demas is out of here. And verse 11. He said only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with you. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. There's a lot more in that phrase than a lot of people have seen. This is the same Mark. That back in the book of Acts. What was about. Chapter 13 or so, as a young man, went with them on a missionary trip. Remember that? And halfway into it, got lonely for mama. Are you listening? And left them. (laughs) He had some romantic ideas like people do about ministry. He heard Paul preaching. He thought, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. And miracles and glory to God. And I feel called. To the ministry and boy Paul's a great man of God I'm going to go help him and they got there and ran into demon possessed people <laughs> and half the town is wanting to throw rocks at them and <laughs> kill them and, and man they ain't eating good and they're sleeping on the side of the road and Mark wasn't used to this finally he said guys I'm going home I said what Paul said boy you better stay you told God you was going to serve him. Now come on, let's go. But he left. And in fact, do you all remember Paul and and uh, Barnabas? And Barnabas said, we need to take Mark even though he left us. And Paul said, no. No, you can't count on that boy. He didn't want to take him. And now after years. Yes. Must have been something changed. I many know? even though you make some dumb flesh choices are you listening and you mess yourself up is it possible to get back on the right track and get your heart right and get your priorities right and put your flesh under and get to the place where paul said and bring that mark because he's good help i need him here with me to help me get through this he's profitable to me for the ministry That don't sound like a cut and run boy anymore, does it? I mean, thank God, you can change. Somebody say, thank God, God. you can change. Did you go to 2 Samuel? Tell me what the flesh says. Get it now. Anyway, anyhow, no matter what. Get it now. Why? Because you, you may never be able to enjoy it or get it any other way. Steal that money. Lie. Take advantage of them. Get it. Buy it on credit knowing there ain't no way you can pay it back. You have no faith to pay it back. Just get it. Maybe you can enjoy it for a few months before they come get it. <laughs> now you're laughing, but this is happening right and left. What does that mean? Get it now. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Tell me what faith says. Wait. 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 You're hungry for affection. And hungry to belong. And hungry for the right person in your life. And you've had nothing. And nobody. And here's somebody. And you can tell they don't really care about you. But at least they're showing you some attention. and Your flesh says, well. Grab what you can, while you can, while you're young, you know, try to have some fun. And Tell me what faith says. What does faith say? Amen. If you wait, it'll be great. Now here's the thing. We hollered a while ago, I have faith in God. Didn't we? I have faith in God. Here's where it comes down to this. Do you have faith in God that if you trust Him and you wait on Him, He will take care of you? He will satisfy you. Yes. Yes. Somebody say he will satisfy. He will satisfy. <laughs> he will satisfy you. And see, the lie is you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. Your life's going to pass you by. Here you are in this loveless marriage. and She don't care about you. He don't care about you. They don't treat you right. They don't value you. They don't really love you. i many understand? That ain't the Holy Ghost. The Lord ain't telling you that stuff. Where's that coming from? That's, That's the accuser of the brethren. That's the devil. And here you are. Your life's passing you by. Your youth is passing you by. You're not enjoying this. You're not experiencing this. You better break out of this. You better ditch these folks. You better grab what you can while you can. You ever heard midlife crisis? Well, there's early life crisis, there's late life crisis. I mean, people are having stuff all over the place. You know what's wrong with them? You want to know? Same thing is wrong with a three-year-old when it comes bedtime. Y'all with me or not? Same thing is wrong with a three-year-old when it comes bedtime. What's a three-year-old when it comes bedtime? Or little ones. I mean, younger than that. What will they do? They fight to stay awake. Why? Don't Why? Want, don't want to go to bed. Why? Why? Might miss something might miss something now as adults and as mom and daddy looking at them you know they ain't in danger of missing anything but they don't say it that way might miss something so man they can get tired and they're worn and they can just get frazzled they can get in a terrible shape I mean they start going to sleep and they go "Ah, ah, no no I don't want to go to bed I don't want to go to sleep why why might miss something you might miss something And that's going on with 50-year-olds. Are you listening? They got a good family. They got people that love them. They got a good job. And the devil comes and says, ah, what are you missing? What are you missing? Other people are having a great time. Other people are partying. Having fun. You got the old grind, nine to five, working late, getting up early and boring. (laughs) What are you missing? What are you missing? You know you're missing. Missing. Missing out. And if you get to thinking like that, it's going to make you susceptible to temptation. You're already looking for something. So when it comes along, you're ready to, to go with it. Yield to it. Let me tell you what. Faith in God will go on and go to sleep when it comes bedtime. Are you listening now? Faith says, God loved me so much that if something really big happens at midnight, he'll wake me up. <laughs> he, he will wake me up. And, and if not, I don't need to be concerned about it. Because so much stuff, it just, it's not what people crack it up to be. And it's not what they think. And it's not what you imagine it would be if it actually happened. But those things that really matter, the things that are important, the things I really do need to be a part of, I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to wait on him. And he is faithful. I trust him. I trust him. I'm not going to miss any of the good stuff. I'm not going to miss any of the big things. If you wait in faith, it'll be great. It'll be great. I want you to look at, this is actually, you know, a sad story, but we need to see, hear from God about it. Second Samuel 12 is where uh, David gets reproved and judged for sleeping with Bathsheba and killing her husband. Did he make a wrong choice? Was that a what kind of choice was that? He's up there, bored. Instead of being with his men and leading the campaign, he's at home goofing off and up on his house. Sees a naked woman. How many know when you see the naked woman, it's time to look at something else? Are y'all with me or not? Go, wow, that's a naked woman. That's a good-looking woman. Whoa. Woo. Well, it's time to do something else. To find something else to do. To Get your mind, your eyes on something else. He didn't. He looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and really liked what he looked. And so he looked some more. and, And he sent word to her and made arrangements and... And got with her. What does the flesh say? Yeah. Grab it now. Yeah. Anyhow. And then you know. He was with her again. And with her again. Her husband has gone. Her husband is loyal to him. How many saying this is a great sin? Yeah. Here's a man that respects you. And loves you. Is out fighting for you. Would die for you. And you going to sleep with his wife. How many understand what a great sin this is? Yeah. Oh. And so she came up pregnant, and he's trying to cover it. And actually makes arrangements for her husband to be out on the front line and tells the men to pull back from around him and leave him exposed. And he dies. They're fighting. How many know on that day, even though Uriah died, he's the better man. And he's in better shape that day than David. Is that right? Because why? He he died in honor. He died with faith. I want you to notice what the Lord said to him when he was uh, rebuking him. You know, the prophet told him that story about the man that took the other man's pet sheep. When he had a whole flock himself. It made David so mad. He said, that man ought to die. And the prophet said, you are that man. I mean, the prophet had to have some courage too. He's standing in the throne room, you know. He said, "You are that man." He said, uh, "Verse seven: Thus says the Lord God of Israel: I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and master's wives. I gave you the house of Israel and of Judah." How many understand When you sin, it is a total act of unthankfulness. For everything God has done for you. It's acting like it means nothing. Everything God did for you. Now here's the part. And if that had been too little. I would moreover have given unto you such and such things. Now that's the King James. It's a little bit, I don't know, obscure. Listen to the Amplified. He said, if that had been too little. I would have added that much again. The English version says, If this had not been enough, I would have given you twice as much. The New Living says, I would have given you much, much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in His sight, and you've killed Uriah, and he goes on, and he talks about the judgment now that's going to come on his house and come on him. I wanted you to hear this part. What did the Lord say to him? Hmm? He sees this beautiful woman. He feels desire that's unfulfilled. Now, the church has not always covered this properly. They've just said, well, forget desire. No, the Lord didn't say that. Come on, what did he say? He said, if you didn't have enough, I would have given you more. But you don't go take this man's wife and kill him. What could he have done? What should he have done? What's the Lord saying? Come to me. Tell me you need more. Tell me you want more. Tell me and wait on me. And let me give it to you the right way. Oh come on, are y'all with me in here tonight? Let me give it to you the right way. of times people say, Well, I never I could never have that in my marriage. You don't know that. Well, my wife could never be all that to me. My husband could never be. You believe lies? I said, You believe lies? God can easily change things in you, change things in them. You can become a different person. They can become a different person. You can have a different life. Things can be so different in you. But I want you to know God is well able to completely satisfy you. Yes. Teenagers, I know you got desires. I know you got dreams. Your soul's hungry your life you're reaching out the enemy wants to shove in your way perverted substitutes he wants you to settle for so little did you hear me he wants you to defile yourself he wants you to demean yourself grab it now it's available at least it's something something's better than nothing no it's not I said no it's not Listen to the scripture. He said, if that hadn't been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Once that I'd have given you twice as much. Listen to Psalm 63 and 3. Psalm 63 3 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied. As with marrow and fatness. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. If you have faith. You'll pass by the temptation. You'll say no. Not grabbing that. I don't have to lie to get that. I'll get it. <laughs> I don't have to commit adultery. I'll get what I need. The right way. Well, I might not have it today. but I'm going to wait on the Lord. And if I wait. It'll be great. I don't have to steal. I don't have to take fares. I can have all that and more. Oh come on are y'all with me. How many of what it takes to think like this and to actually make choices like this, what does it take? It takes real faith, faith, faith in God, faith that he loves you, faith that he really does love you and he will satisfy you. Listen to Psalm 1079. Psalm 1079 says, "For he to my God, he satisfies." The longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Several people in this room and watching by internet have reproached the Lord. You've cried, you've wallowed in self pity. And you've said things that were reproachful to the Lord, like he wasn't going to take care of you. And like you're never going to get what you need and what you want. And it's unbelief and it's disrespectful. And you need to repent. I said you need to repent. And you need to tell the Lord, I do believe in you. You need to tell the Lord, I have faith in you. I'm not gonna sin. I'm not gonna grab this. I'm not gonna do what I know is wrong. I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna believe that you're gonna take care of me. You're gonna take care of me and before this is over, my soul is gonna be satisfied. I don't know how you're gonna do it. I don't know what it's gonna take, but I trust you, you will do it. I will be satisfied. I will have what I need. I will have what I desire. I'm not going to gripe. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to wait on you, Lord. We saw in Hebrews 10, he said, you have need of patience. Now put James up on the screen. Y'all know it, but let's put James 1 and 4. James 1 and 4. What did he say? Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be what? Perfect and entire, what? What? Does that sound like you're satisfied? Now listen to me, friend. If you feel hard at God or at people, if you're bitter, it's because you're not having faith in Him. You believe that he's dealt you a bad hand, that he's wronged you, that your soul is hurting and you need, but he's not going to take care of you and life is passing you by and you're not going to have it. And if you believe that and you get bitter and you get mean, you will sin more and more because you'll say, what do I need to wait on God for? He ain't going to do anything. Even if you don't say it. That's what you're doing. You'll grab this sin and you'll grab that and you'll get this and you just grab what you can while you can. You know it may cost you. You know it may hurt you, but just grab it now anyhow. But even if you're really feeling a need, a desire is really pulling on you. How many know if you'll stand up before the Lord and say, Lord, I believe what you told David. You've never changed. I believe you love me. I'm your child. You told him if it wasn't enough for him, you'd give him more. You'd add to him all he needed. You'd satisfy. He didn't have to sin. He didn't have to go that way. I'm trusting you. Come on, young people. Teenagers. Pass by those sinful opportunities in school and in college. Come on. That won't help you. It'll hurt you. It'll cheapen you. It'll demean, they don't care about you. They just want to use your body. They don't even, they don't see you. They don't care about you. Don't let them do it. Don't do it. Say if I wait, wait, it'll be great. great. I'm not going to miss anything. God's going to satisfy me totally, completely. He's going to do exceeding abundantly above everything I've ever asked or thought. I don't have to scream and holler and have a midlife, early life, late life crisis. I'm going to go ahead and lay my head on the pillow. I'm going to go to sleep at sleep time. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to act like a responsible human being. I'm going to resist temptation. Come on now. Why? Because in due season, the right time and the right way, he's going to take care of me. I have faith in him. I trust him. I'm not going to miss any good thing that I need to be a part of or have a part of in this life. I'm not going to miss out. I'm not going to come short. Somebody stand up and say, he will. Stand up on your feet and say, he will. Take care, Take care of me. He will, he will. Satisfy, me. satisfy me. Glory to God. hallelujah Lord, go ahead I trust you I
1: trust you, I trust you Lord, I do
0: This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge, by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,